Welcome to People's Church. My name is Catherine Niesink, and I am a member of the Sunday Services Committee. If you are new to People's, which may be or may not, we especially welcome you and invite you to visit the information desks on either the first floor or at the top of the stairs. If you ask, have questions, you can ask anyone with a name tag, which I actually remembered, and, and we would love to talk to you. This is the first Christmas Day service that I can remember, and I am looking forward to it. It is a service of lesson and carols, and we get to listen to poetry and sing familiar songs, listen to organ and guitar music, and in general, celebrate the joyous season and our community. There is a quote in our hymnal by Marjorie Montgomery, which speaks to the service today. Life is a gift for which we are grateful. We gather in community to celebrate the glories and the mysteries of this great gift. And poetry and music can help to guide us in celebration. It is good to be together today. And first, I want to thank everyone who is volunteering or working to make the service today possible. I, I know for many of us, Christmas is a special time, and so I'm glad you're spending this day with us. And when I saw last summer that Christmas fell on a Sunday, I thought, we should have church and I fully anticipated that I would be leading hymns, a cappella, and trying to run the sound system and trying to make this all happen. And when we started asking people, or when I started asking people to ask people, lots of people said, yes, I can show up. I can be here. So thank you. And so let us gather. We gather today holding much in our hearts. We gather as people who celebrate Christmas, who celebrate the beginning of Hanukkah last night, who celebrate the slow and persistent return of the light. We gather with hearts that are full of joy or grief or so many other things. We gather as Unitarian Universalists and others. We come as faithful people, as questioners, as doubters, as journeyers. We come out of the cold seeking comfort, challenge, community, and compassion. So come, let us worship together, and come, let us sing. Our opening song this morning is, O Come, All Ye Faithful.
Um, will Delaney Shepich and Greta Gardner please come forward to light the chalice? singing for the faithful to come ye joyful and triumphant a song she loves and also the partridge in a pear tree and the golden rings and the turtle doves in the dark streets red lights and green and blue where the faithful live some joyful some troubled enduring the cold and also the flu taking the garbage out and keeping the sidewalk shoveled not much triumph going on here and yet there is much we do not understand, and my hopes and fears are met. In this small singer holding on to my hand, onward we go faithfully into the dark, and are there angels hovering over, overhead? Hark. So I stepped up to make the announcements this morning, and then I realized I forgot to grab any announcements. So since we're a small group, does anyone have anything that needs to be announced today? Wonderful. Okay. Our first lesson this morning is called Starburst, A Cosmic Christmas Story. And if you have ever wondered about the Christmas story from the perspective of the star, this is your chance to imagine it. Long, long ago and far, far away, there lived a star. She had been a star for a very, very, very long time. She had a solar system, and longer, longer, and longer ago, she had thought that one of her planets might have, have had, had life on it but she never found out for sure. Now she was very old and very tired and her energy was nearly spent. As far as the star knew, she was all alone in the universe. No one was going to notice when her energy was all gone and she stopped shining. Far, far, far away from the star was another star. This was a very ordinary star as far as stars go. It had a solar system, too. Nine planets and their moons and millions of asteroids all lived around this star, traveling round and round year after year. Comets visited from time to time. But what made this star special was that her third planet did have life on it. It had taken millions of years to grow and to change, but now the third planet had creatures on it who could think and feel and laugh and cry. These creatures had also learned to wonder. They knew that their star was very special and called her the sun. They used the sun and the moon to help them tell the time and the season. When the sun rose in the east, the creatures had morning and got up to begin their day. When the sun set in the west, the creatures had evening and night, and everything became quiet and still. When the sun was high and hot, they had summer. When the sun was low and weak, they had winter. 
The creatures watched the sun and their moon travel in the sky. They gazed at the stars at night and wondered what they were. They hadn't learned that they were suns yet, so they made up stories about them. They told stories of great monsters and brave heroes who lived among the stars. They could barely see our star, for she was, as we know, very, very, very far away. The creatures on the planet called themselves human beings. Some of them were very good, and some of them were very bad. Many of them had forgotten how special they and their planet were. They didn't always treat their world very well. They didn't always treat each other very well. The creator had tried all sorts of ways to get them to remember and to listen, but they still kept forgetting. So the creator had sent a messenger called Gabriel to see a young woman called Mary. Gabriel had told Mary about the plan, and Mary had agreed to be part of it. Now being so very, very, very far away, the star could not tell what was going on, but she knew that something was going on. The whole universe was humming with excitement at what the creator was going to do. Then one night, everything became very, very still. The whole universe was hushed and expectant. What great event had the creator planned? But the creator was not looking at the universe today. The creator was not looking at the galaxies or the stars. The creator was looking at the third planet orbiting the sun. The creator was looking at a small country in the middle of the earth. The creator was looking at a small town in the middle of the small country. The creator was looking at a small inn in the middle of the small town. The creator was looking at a small shed beside the small inn. The creator was looking and listening, watching and waiting. Then a tiny, tiny sound that was nearly lost in the sounds of the town, the cry of a new baby just born. Most people did not hear it, but the creator heard it. The waiting universe heard it. The spirit beings, the angels, heard it and burst into joyful song. Most people did not hear that, but shepherds sitting out in the fields under the stars heard it. Far, far away, the star heard the song of the spirit beings, the angels. She felt the joy and the love and the power of the song. She felt the joy and the love and the power of the creator. And deep inside herself, she found her own joy and her own love for what the creator was doing. Deeper, deeper inside, she found the last of her energies and gave it to the creator. Her love and the creator's power joined forces, and the star exploded into a glorious and radiant light. People on earth had waited for this great light, and when they saw it, they knew that the creator was at work. Some set out, set out on long journeys to find out what had happened. Some saw the child called Jesus and believed that this was God who had come to live among them. Their lives were never the same again. And far, far away in space, the star's energies were nearly all gone. She knew that she had been radiant and beautiful. She knew that she had been the great light that some people had longed to see. She knew that her light had shone on people who were in darkness, and she gave them hope. But her energy was nearly all gone. As the last of her gases were used up, her center began to shrink 
and to fade and to cool. Her long life was nearly over. But far, far away and long, long after she stopped shining, people on the third planet around the faraway sun would remember her and speak of her glory and her beauty. Whenever they remembered the birth of Jesus, they would remember those who announced his birth and speak of the star whose light lit up the world. Far, far away, the star cooled and rested content in the hand of the Creator. Our next lesson is from the poet Carl Sandberg. Special Starlight. 
The creator of night and of birth was the maker of the stars. <coughs> Excuse me. Shall we look up at now at stars in winter and call them always sweeter friends? Because this story of a mother and a child is never told with the stars left out. Is it a holy night now when a child issues out of the dark and the unknown into the starlight? Down a winter evening sky when a woman hovers between two great doorways, between entry and exit, between pain to be laughed at, joy to be wept over, do the silver-white lines then come from holy stars? Shall the newcomer, the newborn, be given soft flannels, swaddling cloths, called holy? Shall all wanderers over the earth, all homeless ones, against whom doors are shut and words spoken, shall these find the earth less strange tonight? Shall they hear news? A whisper on the night wind, a child is born, the meek shall inherit the earth. And they crucified him, they spat upon him, and he rose from the dead. Shall a quiet dome of stars high over make signs and a friendly language among all nations? Shall they yet gather with no clenched fists at all, and look into each other's faces and see eye to eye? and find ever new testaments of man as a sojourner and a toiler and a brother of fresh understandings. Shall there be now always believers and more believers of sunset and moonrise, of moonset and dawn, of wheeling numbers of stars and wheels within wheels. Shall plain habitations off the well-known roads count now for a little more than they used to? Shall plain ways and people held close to earth be reckoned among things to be written about? Shall tumult, grandeur, fanfare, panoply, prepared loud noises stand equal to quiet hearts, thoughts, vast dreams of men conquering the earth by conquering themselves? Is there a time for ancient genius of man to be set for comparison with the latest generations? Is there a time for stripping to simple, childish questions? On a holy night, we may say the creator of night and of birth was the maker of the stars. Every time we gather for worship, we take a moment to carry the work of this church forward through your generosity. The offering will now be collected, and I invite you all to please give generously.
Will you please join me in giving th- in reciting the giving thanks for all that sustains us? From the countless gifts we each have been given, gifts of life and love and sustenance, we bring these small portions to share in the works of love, which none of us can accomplish alone. Too many pieces of paper. This reading is by E. E. Cummings. Little tree, little silent Christmas tree, you are so little, you are more like a flower. Who found you in the green forest, and were you very sorry to come away? See, I I will comfort you, because you smell so sweetly. I will kiss your cool bark and hug you safe and tight, just as your mother would. Only don't be afraid. Look, the spangles that sleep all year in a dark box, dreaming of being taken out and allowed to shine. The balls, the chains, red and gold, the fluffy threads. Put up your little arms, and I'll give them all to you to hold. Every finger shall have its ring, and there won't be a single place dark or unhappy. Then, when you're quite dressed, you'll stand in the window for everyone to see, and how they'll stare. Oh, but you'll be very proud, and my little sister and I will take hands, and looking up at our beautiful tree, we'll dance and sing, Noel, Noel. If you would now rise and as willing and able, we can join in singing the first Noel.
is a Christmas story. But it's not a story about trees and tinsel and holly. Instead, it's a story about a baby who was born many, many years ago. We really don't know much about this baby's birth so long ago because at that time no one kept records of births as we do now. But we do know that this baby's mother named him Jesus and he was called Jesus of Nazareth because Nazareth was the town where he lived. And later some people called him Jesus Christ which means Jesus the King. The Christian religion draws its name from Jesus Christ. Christians worship Jesus because they believe he is the Son of God. When Jesus was a boy, he helped his father work in his carpenter's shop, where they built things of wood, and he often went to the temple with his parents. When Jesus became a man, he looked around him and saw many things that he didn't like. He saw people being unkind to one another. He saw people being selfish and making their neighbors unhappy. And he saw the churches not helping the people. Jesus decided to try to teach people how to live better lives. So this is what he did. He traveled from one town to another, talking with groups of people and showing them how they could be more kind to one another and how this would make life better for all of them. And he told them how their churches could help them to live better lives. Many people thought that Jesus was a wise and good man. They would stop whatever they were doing and follow him around the country so they could hear him speak and so they could be near him. But after a while, some of the people became frightened of Jesus and his new ideas. They were afraid that his ideas might change their lives. And they were frightened because Jesus had many followers and because his followers liked Jesus' ideas so much. The leaders of the government and the church in his land were afraid Jesus would make trouble for them among the people. Those frightened people finally had Jesus killed. He was nailed to a cross made of wood until he died, which was a way kings and rulers in those days long ago put to death people they thought were criminals or enemies of the government. But even after Jesus died, the people who had loved him did not forget him. They tried to remember all the things Jesus had said, all the lessons that he'd taught them. People who had known Jesus told their friends about him. Parents told their children stories about Jesus. And those children grew up and told their children stories about Jesus. And on and on the stories went. Then 
one day, someone thought, Jesus was such a special person that something special must have happened when he was born. Perhaps even angels sang. And someone thought, His birth was such a special time that perhaps bright stars shone in the sky. And maybe kings came with gifts when he was born. People told each other stories about Jesus for many, many years before someone finally wrote the stories down so they wouldn't be forgotten. Later, many of the stories were put into a big book called the Bible. In that book, two men wrote about Jesus' birth. A man named Luke wrote this story. Joseph and Mary who were to be Jesus' parents, went to the town of Bethlehem. There were so many people in the town that there was no place for them to sleep. So they stayed in a barn or stable. While they were there, the baby Jesus was born, and Mary wrapped him up and laid him in a manger, which is a sort of trough where the food for the cows and horses is put. Nearby, there were shepherds in a field, taking care of their sheep. Angels visited the shepherds and sang to them, telling them of Jesus' birth. Then the shepherds went to Bethlehem to see the new baby. A writer named Matthew wrote this story. Three wise men who lived in the east saw a special star in the sky. They followed the star for many miles till they came to the place where Jesus was. They brought valuable gifts for the new baby. The two men told different versions of the Christmas story in the Bible but both stories were filled with wonders. Stars shining, angels singing, wise men visiting. But even without those wonders, something very marvelous happened on that night so long ago because a baby was born. A new life started. People celebrated at the birth of that baby so long ago, just as people have always celebrated when a baby is born. Those who love one another want to feel together the joy of seeing a life beginning. Families and friends gather filled with joy and wonder at the miracle of a new life, a new person. And they're filled with hope. Perhaps this new person will do fine things in his or her life, will help make the world a happier and better place. And so each Christmas we gather with those we love to celebrate the birth of a baby long ago and to celebrate the birth of all babies in all times and to celebrate the hope of all of us 
for a world of love and peace. Time for joy, for love, for celebration. to arrange this one or to play this one on the guitar and I had actually never heard it and I um, was telling her she was you know accusing her of making me look up really obscure Christmas songs and it turns out it's not really that obscure a lot of people have been talking to me about it someone heard it on um, the radio just yesterday I can't oh yeah <laughs> okay truly the jazziest way I've ever heard it. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, this is a lesson from Elizabeth Sell Jones, More Than a Baby Jesus. It starts early, too early, with an innocent colored light or jingling bell, almost unnoticed, certainly resisted, the momentum builds. It oozes multiplies, infiltrates, permeates, engulfs, and overwhelms. Now there is no corner, no page, no sound, no thought, no mind, no heart that is not present with it. Despite growing anxiety, do not resist it. Abandon cynicism, suspend suspicion, overindulge in friendship. Give endlessly of compassion and justice. Unwrap possibility and promise. Let the soul season flood throughout. Let holiness saturate, joy invigorate, 
hope purify, let love finally be born. Oh yes, let love be born. Amazing Peace by Maya Angelou. Read for you by the author. When I was invited to attend the Christmas tree lighting at the White House and to deliver a poem on the occasion, I was honored. Tsunami, a major earthquake, Katrina and Rita had already happened to our world. I thought of the evacuees and realized that in times of hostilities and natural disasters, each human being becomes an evacuee. I thought that what we need now most, more than food and water, is peace. I wrote this poem, Amazing Peace. Thunder rumbles in the mountain passes and lightning rattles the eaves of our houses. Flood waters await in our avenues. Snow falls upon snow falls upon snow to avalanche over unprotected villages. The sky slips low and gray and threatening. We question ourselves. What have we done to so affront nature? We interrogate and worry, God, are you there? Are you there really? Does the covenant you made with us still hold? Into this climate of fear and apprehension, Christmas enters, streaming lights of joy, ringing bells of hope, and singing carols of forgiveness high up in the bright air. The world is encouraged to come away from rancor, come the way of friendship. It is the glad season. Thunder ebbs to silence, and lightning sleeps quietly in the corner. Flood waters recede into memory. Snow becomes a yielding cushion to aid us as we make our way to higher ground. Hope is born again in the faces of children. It rides on the shoulders of our aged as they walk into their sunsets. Hope spreads around the earth, brightening all things, even hate which crouches breeding in dark corridors. In our joy, we think we hear a whisper. At first, it is too soft, then only half heard. We listen carefully as it gathers strength. We hear a sweetness. The word is peace. It is loud now, louder than the explosion of bombs. We tremble at the sound. We are thrilled by its presence. It is what we have hungered for, not just the absence of war, but true peace, a harmony of spirit, a comfort of courtesies, security for our beloveds and their beloveds. 
we clap hands and welcome the peace of Christmas. We beckon this good season to wait a while with us. We Baptist and Buddhist, Methodist and Muslim, say, Come, peace, come and fill us and our world with your majesty. We, the Jew and the Jainist, the Catholic and the Confucian, implore you, stay a while with us, so we may learn by your shimmering light how to look beyond complexion and see community. It is Christmas time, a halting of hate time. On this platform of peace, we can create a language to translate ourselves to ourselves and to each other. At this holy instant, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ into the great religions of the world. We jubilate the precious advent of trust. We shout with glorious tongues the coming of hope. All the earth's tribes loosen their voices to celebrate the promise of peace. We, angels and mortals, believers and non-believers, look heavenward and speak the word aloud, peace. We look at our world and speak the word aloud, peace. We look at each other, then into ourselves, and we say without shyness or apology or hesitation, peace, my brother, peace, my sister, peace, my soul. I now invite you to rise in spirit or body for our closing hymn, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear.
and let us depart from our gathering with the wonderful music ringing in our ears and these words from Howard Thurman. When the song of angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the brothers, to make music in the heart. So go in peace and go in love.